What's going on, Rodway Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Football on the Barbie. As always, I'm your host, Jake Seymour, and I'm joined with Caden Bodak. And today we have special guest, Jack Anders from Florida. Jack, how's it going today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. So, guys, Jack Anders, he plays for Florida, the Gators. He's a walk-on uh, guy at Florida. And, Jack, i got to ask you a question, though. So, when you got to Florida, did, did you have any thoughts of playing football since you were a walk-on? Or what, did you get there and it's like, oh, it would be cool to play football here, and you decided to walk on? No, I was um, actually uh, recruited slash preferred walk-on. So I knew coming in that um, I would be playing here. Um, I knew that I would have a spot on the team, but obviously not on scholarship since they're so limited. But um, no, it was definitely part of my whole process from starting in high school that I was going to get here and, you know, and ended up just being here at UF. Did you have your um, sights set on UF the whole time or did you look it up some other schools too? I honestly was not looking really at UF at all. I, to be completely honest, I didn't even realize how good of a school like academically it was. Um, now I do that we're number six in the nation publicly. Um, but no, I was looking elsewhere. Um, it was definitely in the back of my mind. And then as my school started to just narrow down, um, it just got closer and closer. And then this school fit all my needs. Were you a, like, recruit, like, you wouldn't have to walk on at a different school, or did you choose to just, like, I don't know. If, so, say, like, Miami. If you're getting recruited by Miami, did they say you can come on the team for scholarship, or, like, how was that? Do you just pick you have to walk on? Um, basically, I didn't really get to have the whole fancy recruiting process that other kids get. Um, mine was really only limited to two schools that said – yeah, like you can come and play here. You know, we're not going to give you a scholarship, but you can come here and play. And that was um, UF and University of Arizona. Okay. And uh, my mom is actually a, a U of A grad, so I was super interested in that school. Um, but, um, I mean, who doesn't want to play in the SEC? Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm sure you have, you know, friends on the team that went through that fancy little recruiting process. So. You know, looking back on it, do you wish you had that recruiting process or are you just happy that, you know, you found your home that you're all set now and you're playing college football? For sure. Uh, I mean, definitely grateful that I have a home and there's so many, you know, high school kids that don't get the opportunity to continue playing at the next level. Um, I think everyone wants to say that they want, you know, the spotlight and the rivals, five stars and all this and all that and be in all the Instagram and um, I think it would be cool, but, you know, I, I don't think I would change much. I think I, you know, things happen, you know, so I'm just glad to be here for sure. You, you redshirted your first year and Jake and I were actually talking about this kind of before you, you came on and how COVID you guys get an extra year eligibility, correct? I'm sorry. What was that? Because of COVID you guys, like last year didn't count for eligibility, right? Right. So everyone no matter if you played all the games or not, got an extra year of eligibility. And then you redshirted your freshman year. So do you have do you have four years of eligibility left? I technically, I, I think so. Yeah, I could probably be here for like six years. Don't do know if that's going to happen. But well, it's, it's so funny because I always try and think of the NCAA rules and try and make sense of it. And I always have trouble doing it. And I don't know why. It's just one of those things where it just doesn't click for me, the redshirt. So when I saw you redshirted and then you, you know, obviously COVID in account, I was like, wait, this guy can play college football for six years, which is 
I don't think I've heard of anyone that could do that technically. Yeah, it was definitely a weird um, case scenario, but we're just rolling with it. I don't really know too much about the in-depth details about the extra years, well, but we'll have to why, see when time comes. Why did you choose to redshirt your freshman year? Honestly, it wasn't my choice. They were just like, yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to get in, so we're going to mm-hmm. redshirt you. And how? what was your role on the team as a redshirt? Like, how was that? Because um, you obviously didn't play in games, but, like, were you a practice player? Like, how did that work? Yeah, so I uh, I played a lot of scout team quarterback. Um, so my job was basically to give the def- give the starting defense their best look of the team we're playing throughout the week and um, run the opposition's plays. And that was basically my job, um, which was really fun and unique for me um, because I'm a competitor myself. So even though we're technically the scout team and going against the first string guys, um, it was just really, really fun to be out there every single day and watch those guys play. Well, honestly, hard? Oh, go ahead, Jake. So obviously, like redshirting your freshman year, it kind of gives you a sense to just to get used to this whole college experience. Because, I mean, as someone who plays high school football, uh, and obviously I'm not going to go on and play college football, but I can assume that playing Division One college football and playing high school football is like a boys' league versus a men's league. It's two completely different leagues. So right. having that year of just not coming about eligibility, getting used to college, and just getting used to this whole new process was that extremely helpful for you? For you, or did you adjust easy? Uh, you said about the COVID process. No, I was talking about like so. Your freshman year, you came in, and also, you, you know, you said your coaching staff said, "Oh, you should redshirt," and you redshirt. Oh, right, right, so right. Was that easier for you to come in and you know kind of get adjusted to this whole new uh, college schedule? Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, definitely. When you redshirt, it's it's a bigger deal, and it it really helps a lot of people out because it's, in other words, it's a development year. I mean, that's when you get bigger, stronger, faster. Um, and I definitely saw myself improve in my numbers and on the field and in the weight room have increased dramatically from when I first got here. Um, but there is definitely a big difference between how a high school program is run based on who your coach is, how high school program is run compared to, uh, to college. But I've always kind of found myself to be a professional in how I work and how I go about things. So um, for me personally, it was not big of a jump. What was the- you, meant, you, you mentioned being a scout team quarterback. Um, how is that, you know, How's that process? Because obviously there's you're in the SEC and there's so many different guys and so many different styles. I mean, you got guys like Kellen Mond that are more mobile. You guys got you got guys like Jake Fromm or you had guys like Jake Fromm or more pocket passers. How is that trying to adapt and copy their play styles? Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit challenging because the coaching staff is expecting you to do like the little things here and there based on how you're going to handle the ball, how you're going to look off a safety to throw to another receiver like the little things that other quarterbacks do you have to watch their film and prepare yourself for that week so that when the game time comes they've already seen it a thousand times just little things well, my question to you is like we've had a lot of people come on this podcast on um, that play college football um and a lot of them have kind of they've kind of taken to TikTok a lot to talk about their college experience and their, you know, playing football. And also I know Clifford Taylor, one of your teammates, he's extremely big on TikTok and has blown up on TikTok. So when you see that, do you think of uh, social media, someone that for you uh, somewhere you can kind of grow your own brand and build something connected to football, but also, you know, disconnect from football at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's a good mixture of both. I mean, Cliff is, he's been my best friend on the team for about two years now. Um, and he's just on a different level. Like, social media wise I just kind of do the TikToks for fun but um, 
now it's it's a little bit of a fun escape from the everyday life but um yeah no i enjoy doing them and um who, know, who knows maybe i'll get to clifford's famous because it is pretty level yeah because it's kind of funny because even even go back like two years ago it was very hard to build up a brand and now you have this whole new platform in tiktok where you just post a video and boom it's viral and then just like that and then it's kind of cool to see the college athletes going through that yeah no definitely i just kind of i actually did not like tiktok for a long at for a long time (laughs) and then i was just like i'm pretty bored i'm just gonna make one start making some football videos you know not gonna copy cliff's style but i'm just gonna do me and it's uh it's going well so far is is that popular um on the team it's a lot of guys that that produce that content and how do the coaches react to that no, the, it's it's just like a few guys who do it for fun, and I don't even think the coaches know that we have TikTok. It's pretty funny because TikTok is such a big, you know, new thing that once you get big on it, or not even big, you just get like a little bit of fun. People are like, oh yeah, you're on TikTok. Yeah, I've seen some of your stuff come up. That's pretty funny that the coaches don't really know about. Because we had another guy on, uh, John Seaton, and he was on the podcast, and he was talking about. He's like, yeah, he's like, I want my coaches. Like, yo, you want TikTok? And he was like, oh, yeah, I just have like a couple a couple thousand followers. And that was funny because even the coaches are seeing that. And usually with athletes, that's that life outside of football and football life is two separate, completely different entities. I'm right. not really surprised that Coach Mullen's not on TikTok, though. I feel like that's not his age demographic. <laughs> but um, also going back to your question about like what TikTok can do um, for me, like outside, um, since I've started posting videos, it's happened before, but it's more frequent now. Like I've had, you know, r- random kids from, excuse me, all over the country, you know, sliding into my Instagram DMs being like, Hey, I'm a high school quarterback. Like, do you have any advice for me? Um, I'm trying to get here. I'm trying to get there. Like, what would you recommend? And I know that if I was in their position in high school, I would not want somebody to never respond to me. Like I'm going to open their, you know, DMs and give them my best advice. So I think that's really cool. And, um, hopefully those kids that reach out, you know, end up doing really good things. You, you speak on high school ball a little bit and you're talking about them, their players there and you played, you're from Maryland. So, I mean, it's, it's a big lacrosse state, obviously. And yeah. um, so what's the level of competition like there? Who's the best player you've ever played against and at the high school level? You ever play against like any big, bigger, bigger names or. Well, best player I probably ever played against was Brian Brzee. Who's the five-star All-American at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, his high school was about 20 minutes down the road from mine. We never played them in an actual game because um, their high school is a little bit smaller than ours division wise. Um, but we've scrimmaged them um, a couple of times. And yeah, I think. Did he ever get to you? He, he's, he's never sacked me, but he's definitely hit me after the play and it did not feel good. How, how do you, how do you deal with those, those hits? Like, is there, do you take extra recovery? Like, how do you recover from that, that stuff? Because, I mean, you're obviously practicing every day. Right. Um, no, I think it's just like – I think it's just like anything. Like, you do it you, – you get hit once and, you know, it's like boxing. Like you, get, you get punched in the face and then all the other punches kind of feel the same. So, you just get right back up <laughs> and keep playing. So, what is that recovery process like after practice? Like, what do you do – you know, you obviously go to practice. That's like your main thing, your main focus. Got to make sure you're getting better in your sport and, you know, you know, perfecting your craft. But once you get outside of that, you know, what do you do outside of football? Um, in terms of like recovery wise and like keeping my body right or. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do a lot of things on my own because I think that once you get to this level, 
you have to do a lot of things on your own outside of the facility that you know keep you in check and if you're not then you're going to fall behind so um i definitely like um working out on my own i do a little bit of a different workout than we do as a team because it's really just straight weightlifting so i do a little bit more of like cardio hit sessions on my own um, and also recovery, like you've mentioned, is a huge part, um, taking care of yourself after from ice bath to stretching to rolling out to um, doing anything you can in the trainer's room pre and post practice is definitely a big part because you have to be able to perform and you have to get your body right. What's the hardest part uh, about balancing that stuff? You I mean, obviously, you're at a major accredited university um, and you're a D1 athlete. So how's that balancing academics? Um, it's challenging, but um, when you become like an athlete, then you basically get priority of what classes you want to take because your schedule is so different than everyone else. So you get to manage your class schedule around your football schedule and it makes it a lot easier. And then plus with, you know, academic help that they give you, um, you take it or leave it if you want, but it's definitely worth it. So I actually, I didn't know that. So what is that like? So you get priority to taking classes over like the regular student? Yeah, we just, it's, I, I don't think it's like so much of a huge, like, oh, we get to do whatever we want, but we just get to sign up for the classes like a couple weeks earlier, um, just so we can balance that around our practice schedule. And um, they also, the UAA and uh, athletic a department is really hands-on with helping kids with tutors if you need and just making sure that you know everything is going smoothly in your classes obviously keeping it all you know legally and professionally jumping ahead to uh or looking ahead to this this upcoming season um you're listed as an athlete on the roster and obviously you played quarterback since high school and and your quarterback right now is a quarterback or bust for you or would you be opposed to playing maybe wide receiver something like that Honestly, yeah, I would probably, I would do whatever it takes, you know, if the team needed me somewhere. I mean, I'm, I have no, I'm not opposed to playing another position. I just, quarterback fits me best. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think that when it says like athlete on the roster, that it's too much into like, oh, who, where is he playing? Who is he? Yep. Like, what is this? I think it's just like a walk-on thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not too sure. Um but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me that much. I, I think I'm listed as a quarterback on ESPN, which is cool with me. Yeah. What was it like playing behind? Um, obviously, Kyle Trask, he's, gonna enter, he's entering the NFL draft this year. What was it like playing behind him? It was amazing. Just everything that that guy did from how he handled himself on the field, how he practiced, how he played in games, how he watched film. It was just really special to watch you could just tell that that guy and everything that he did is going to be a pro and he's going to be good at it so i actually have a question uh going back to your previous answer about uh the athlete on the roster so when i first read that i actually thought of it as like a utility guy kind of just a guy that yes he plays quarterback very good quarterback but also can just do a lot of other things so in my head i was kind of always thinking he was like a Taysom hill kind of guy i know i don't i know a lot of guys i don't like talking about like the nfl like that making comparisons but um i never thought of it um i guess i I don't know. I kind of got the vibe that you kind of thought of it as uh, just like a walk-on thing, but I kind of thought of more as like a utility kind of guy. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I'm sure it's probably both. I think yeah. that they want, they could want people to think that, 
or it's just like that's just how the rosters are. Um, but I don't think that I'm a Taysom Hill kind of guy. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't mean like that. I know a lot of. That's why I said I don't know a lot of college players don't like to compare themselves to other NFL players. I kind of just more admit the fact that Taysom Hill is a guy that does a lot of other stuff besides quarterback. And I kind of I don't talk to kind of like what you do. Um, you know, just like a guy that can do a lot of stuff, a jack of right. all trades, I guess. Yeah, um, maybe maybe I'm like Taysom Hill. I never really tried anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, you got to play all over the field for that one. So yeah, that is true. So obviously, you know, Trask is entering the draft, which leaves an empty spot at quarterback. So what do you have to do to win the starting position this year? Um, I mean, it's just it's it's definitely challenging. I mean, we have a lot of great talent at quarterback that is also on scholarship and we've also gotten two new um, recruits. So um, between the guys that we have in the room, I think that early now in spring ball, like way before the season, it's just really important that you, you know, that you perfect your craft and work on your mistakes and, you know, do what, do what you can. I don't really think that um, there's going to be a huge opportunity for me to compete to the start compete to start just being uh, real. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not prepared or always ready if my opportunity was to come. Yeah, so going back on that, um, you know, what are your goals for this upcoming season? Because obviously last season was just a mess, not so much as just like as a team thing or like a college thing, but just as obviously COVID. I mean, the 2020, as I think for everyone, which is so crazy. So looking forward to 2021, things are starting to get back to normal. What is a goal that you set for yourself heading into the season? I just want to be the best version of myself I can be, just be the best teammate, whether I get on the field or not. I just want to be a leader and have everyone earn my respect. Not not everyone. I want to earn everyone else's respect um, and just become the best quarterback, the best teammate that I can be, you know, whether I'm on the field or not. And as a team, we just want to win. I mean, that's the ultimate goal is, is just to win. And we fell a little short last year of our goal. Um, of making it to the big stage and even in the Cotton Bowl fell short there. But um, I think that definitely leaves a chip on our shoulder coming into 2021. What game are you most excited for this year? Oh, it has to be Alabama in the swamp. Um, We play Alabama at home. It's been the first time in a long time. So that's going to be, hopefully if we have a full stadium, that's going to be rocking. What's the atmosphere like for somebody that's never been there at, at the swamp? It. I think the name the swamp speaks for itself. It is loud. It is hot. It is a little sticky, but it's part of the experience. And the uh, the ninety thousand that are there cheering is never disappoints every week. Yeah, I was heard. Uh, your coach said in an interview, he's like, "Pack the swamp, pack the swamp." And that's like thinking about us, like as the football stadium and what you want it to be i think florida does a great job at making the swamp and packing the swamp be the ultimate uh you know football experience going to a game yeah and us players definitely feed off that energy that the that the crowd brings it's just something that you have to feel and experience is really indescribable what's the hardest atmosphere to play in outside of uh florida um i it's hard to answer that question because I haven't really been able to travel to a lot of other away games mm-hmm. um, just from roster numbers. Um, but I thought that just playing in an environment like AT&T Stadium in Arlington yeah. was just surreal and 
crazy and i couldn't even imagine i mean that was with limited capacity and it was something what was that like with COVID this year traveling and the roster numbers like i mean i assume it was just a bunch of hoops you guys had to jump to make sure you guys were all safe and you know healthy how was what was that like yeah it was definitely a lot more of a process um between like all the masks and the and gloves and hand sanitizer and everything has to be clean and um, everyone had their own room, which was different. And um, just everything that had to be done, obviously just like regular life was just not the same. And I think that roster numbers for traveling were definitely limited because you couldn't bring as many guys. Yeah. And if everyone got their own room in a hotel, then for sure. You um, talk about kind of COVID gear, and I know, I know it's not, it's not the hand sanitizer isn't the most um, fun thing to talk about. And you obviously have a Jordan shirt on. You guys are sponsored by Jordan. So how much gear do you get as an athlete? Uh, it's, it's solid. It's a solid amount. Uh, um, a lot of my friends like to make fun of me. They say I look like a walking bookstore <laughs> because I, I'm just gator drip from, head to toe and it, i mean it's just the clothes that they give us so it's just comfy and i'm gonna wear it but um no it's really nice that what jordan provides for us that definitely must be helpful though as a college student you don't have to go out and you know obviously the budget's already tight college students so not to buy clothes must be a huge 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 importance to you yeah i pretty much i pretty much haven't bought a shirt or a pair of shoes in like two years <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> what's the coolest piece of gear you've gotten I think the uh, the Jordan 11 25th anniversary shoes that we got for the SEC championship, those are those are probably the coolest, in my opinion. And do you wear those, or do you, do you have some shoes that are just going to keep dead stock? Yeah, no, I, I put my foot in them to try and make sure that they're the right size, and they are hung up in my room now. I don't think I'm going to wear those. Who knows, like, maybe. But for right now, they look good in my room. A nice display case. We'll get the, we'll get you one of those. A nice display case you put it all in, like the exactly. sneakerheads have. <laughs> yeah, I got a little, I got a little corner in my room with like a three level bookshelf, and I put like all my nice shoes in there. Nice. Yeah, you must have a lot of Jordan stuff. I can only imagine being a big D one school and sponsored by a big company like that. I'm sure they're just send, 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 and okay, I'll take a, I'll take a t shirt. Thanks, appreciate it. Who wouldn't take an extra <laughs> pair of Jordans? Yeah, it is, it is pretty cool. I'll admit. Awesome. So, Jack, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. This has been Jack Anderson's podcast, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure.